Welcome everyone to the Money Mentors Podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn and I co-host this program with Nathan Lear. We're both directors and private client advisors at Hewson Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent financial planning and wealth management firms. Um, the objective of our podcast is to improve financial awareness and financial literacy. Um, this week, um, post the election in Australia, um, Nathan and I have a chat about, well, really the winners and losers, things to look out for, but also the lessons um, to be learned from um, from elections and, and trying to forecast what, what may happen with, with certain markets events. Um, we'd strongly encourage you to speak to your advisors about any of the things that we talk about today and just remember that this is all just a, a general discussion. Um, so we hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome everybody to this week's episode. So uh, Glenn, with the uh, election results all done and dusted last weekend, we saw a surprise victory to the to the coalition government who 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 retained power with Scott Morrison um, remaining as as the leader prime minister um, we thought we'd uh, just last week's podcast we spoke about pre-election and obviously now it's happened um, we can talk about the, the I guess the fallout from that so um, Glenn, maybe to, to start um, maybe we'll talk about the I guess the uncertainty about the surprise result and how nobody really saw it coming and, and the coalition party got up yeah and i suppose you know we we spoke last week about a number of the policy proposals and suggestions that that may come in if, if either party won and i think a lot of the focus of that podcast was around the the labor proposals you know there's probably four or five major ones so we probably don't want to spend too much detail on the too much time spending um chatting about those given that we spoke about it last week but i, I think um the one thing that as investors or just observers goes, um, you know, if, if we look at a number of similar occurrences in, in recent years with the US election, Brexit, I think what, and, and our most recent election, I think what these these things show is that, well, one, I don't think polling is very accurate, but also to, that it's also important not to be too reactive and preemptive, like as far as Trying to make trying to make an assumption as to what might happen and then make changes to your arrangements or your investments on the expectation that a result might might go a certain way. So yeah. I, I think outside of the policies that were proposed and 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 what the direction is going forward, I think the clear the clear thing that that I took from it was that you should never really preempt anything and mm. expect the unexpected because we've we've seen multiple times where the polls have suggested one thing and then then they've gone the complete opposite. Mm. I oh, couldn't agree more, and 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 I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I, I knew what was going to happen. But one of the messages I was, I was saying to my clients over the past six months, because I, like you, Glenn, I, I had quite a few clients that that were ringing me up and saying, "Oh, I'm going to lose my, my franking credit. Should we look to make all these sweeping changes to my portfolio?" And and my message was, "Look, we might have to deal with it after the fact, but at this point in time, um, the Labor government hasn't hasn't. They're not in government yet. They've got to they've got to win. They've got to get this through the Senate." Um, so a lot could happen so the message was yeah we might have to make some changes but let's not let's not jump at shadows let's not make sweeping changes to your portfolio now yeah uh, and i'm glad that we <laughs> oh and that's what we were saying yeah. last week you know to, to to our listeners was look don't 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 as you said don't jump at shadows right now because one, one the challenge is always going to be that even if labor won the election and, and and we're keen to move forward with those proposals they still have to get it through the senate 
Um, and I think, you know, that there was always going to be the challenge in, in doing that, whether they formed the majority or not. Um, so you're right. I mean, if you, if you went out and made changes, you, if your assets were, that, were outside of superannuation, you, you could have been subject to capital gains tax. Um, and in the end, it may have all been done um, for nothing. Mm. Um, so so the, the, the four, um, we won't, as you said, we're not going to go through them. We've, we've probably covered this a number of times on, on recent podcasts. But the, the four big policies that, that got all the attention were rem- removal of cash refunds of, on franking credits, a reduction in the capital gains tax discount, um, negative gearing basically being ruled, phased out, and um, and fam- family trusts a, a, a minimum rate of tax of thirty percent on on family yeah. trusts. So all those four were seen as, um, I guess, negative for invest or investing and investment markets. So uh, the reason I wanted to mention that is when the the coalition party uh, you know, re- retained government, the market had a uh, in terms of how markets reacted, it was all, it was a positive. Yeah, and, so and and if we look at I suppose the winners or, or how the market reacted to that or what. The future might hold as a result of that. I mean, I think we saw on Monday, the first day, obviously the market had opened post-election. The banks rallied; they were up, you know, between five and seven percent. Yep. Um, and that was probably a, a number of things surrounding that. Um, I, I think there was the perception that perhaps the the Labor government was going to go pretty hard on the banks. Yeah, um, definitely, that's one. And may, maybe the the imputation yep. credit issue was 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 something that was. Um, was impacting share prices leading up to the election as well because banks have traditionally been very good dividend payers. Yep. So that there might have been um, some short selling, so selling of that stock leading up to the election and then mm. a lot of fund managers have to close out their their positions on Monday. So, yep. so banks were, I think, arguably based on the market's perception, were, were a winner. Would that be fair to say? Oh, 100%. And, and just, just in general, Labor is going to be... Um, what's the right word here? Looser, <laughs> a bit easier on 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 the the banks and the, the finance coalition, sector. Eh? The coalition. Oh, sorry, sorry. The coalition are going to be a bit uh, easier on on the banks. Uh, and yeah, they, lo- they tend to be a bit of a whipping boy, don't they? The banks. I mean, it was what one of the key messages from Labor was. You know, really, well, not not going after top end of town, but really focusing on the top end of town, mm. whether that was via taxation or or um, regulation. So the banks tend to always fall within that. Yeah that camp and also the, the coalition is seen to be better money better money managers a bit better for the economy so you know if the economy's doing better the, the banks will do better and also probably the the, the property market i think that's a yeah. another big one for the banks because uh, they're going to be more prosperous if the property market is thriving and, uh, and a lot of these policies that that labor were looking to put in were seen seem to be as negative for the property market. So now that's gone away. Uh, yeah. I think that's another reason why the banks had that, that that little rally this week, or in particular on Monday, the big bounce. Yeah, and that probably leads to another sector that arguably, you know, there's been discussions or suggestions that it, um, it may have bottomed and may recover, and that's the property market. We, we don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. whether the, any, any um, sort of recovery is short-lived or not. Um, but just even just sort of the general feel that you have, a lot of people were holding off on making property acquisitions or purchases leading up to the election. Yeah. So if anything, there might be a little bit demand. As I said, it may be just short-lived, um, but, but I had a number of clients who, you know, the sales of properties were just in a holding pattern for a period of time. So there might be a little injection of extra demand for a period of time. And as you were saying, maybe that leads well for the banks. Um, another sector that seems just to be- do- before you got off property, Glenn. I think maybe we'll spend a, another few minutes on that because I think it is uh, it's pretty topical for and and obviously 
a lot of these policies that Labor were looking to put in were going to be uh, arguably you know quite detrimental to the to the property market. So that uncertainty is gone, hundred yeah. percent. But I think it might also be worth mentioning. We spoke about it last week. Just the other initiative um, with the sorry, I forgot the exact name of oh, with the, the deposit home owner uh, home owner deposit scheme. Is it called? Sorry, yeah. I forgot the exact name name of it. But look, that's just another little thing that might give people a bit more confidence in the property market. But also, although this isn't election related, just think it's quite interesting. This week, um, the the Reserve Bank of Australia governor come out and said that uh, all but said interest rates would be cut in June without without saying it in those well, it's words. Interesting, you say it's not election related. Sometimes it can be because you know the Reserve Bank I think can be reluctant to make any change very close to an election. Mm. So now that now that that's out of the way, um, I think a lot of observers and and market participants are saying that you know we're 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 in store for another two rate cuts. Yeah. So I think you know, in so they're they're unrelated, but in some ways, the timing of a rate cut probably does surround the timing of an election as well. So, so that'll a rate cut will obviously support the um, the the property market. And and finally, the last point I was going to make is APRA, the uh, the regulator, Australian Prudential Regulatory Association, come out this week and and said they're going to loosen credit standards basically the interest rate that's got to be used for by banks and lenders for loan serviceability is going to be eased the the requirements there so that's another positive for the property market so all of a sudden everything was going against the property market and there's been a number of things here Mm. which are now looking positive for the property market so a few of the um you know experts i've so-called experts i've I've heard speak this week are, are saying that um we might still see the property market kind of these things, it's like turning a big ship, you know, with the property yeah. market takes time to turn around, but we might still see a little bit more of a decline this year, but perhaps next year we could see the, the momentum shift the other way. Yeah, I think a lot of that probably has to do with, yes, a lot of those initiatives, but also um, the strength of the economy mm-hmm. because th- there's a school of thought that, yes, interest rates do impact the property market on the way up and on the way down. Um, but for example, on if, if rates were to rise... Um, generally people find a way to, to maintain those repayments without being forced to sell. But a key indicator with regards to the future of property values is probably really unemployment. So that's really something that we, you need to focus on when, you, when you're trying to predict what pro- property prices might do because if people lose their jobs and they can't make repayments. Um, so, th- so that's why economic activity is so important. That's why the strength of the economy is so important because it really does... Um, you know, provide that foundation for strength in property values and so forth. Mm. So I think we've yeah we've spoken about kind of the share market and the property market, and I think you're going to oh the, the only winner. other sector that that I mean I, I noticed um, rallied a little bit on on Monday was the private health insurers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in particular, Ramsey Healthcare was up. Well, that, that's a private hospital operator was up six percent because I think there was speculation that Labor might look at winding back the um, the private healthcare rebate. Um, so once again, yeah. all these things the, just the increases, create uncertainty. Yeah, the increases and yeah, the, yeah, putting a cap the, on increases and yeah. things like that. Yeah, so I think yeah, so like Medibank and Nib and, and a few of these listed private health insurers all had a yeah decent bounce earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah. Were there any other? Did you notice any other sectors that had sort of? It was really just the banks the, and the insurers. Wasn't the it? banks, insurers, and the property-related stocks, which yeah. have kind of come mortgage-broking companies and, and mortgage-broking. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, the you know a lot of the property-related stocks also had that big bounce because for the, all the reasons that we that we spoke about earlier. So yeah, that were probably some of the I guess the the key winners yeah, earlier in the week yeah. on the market. Yeah, I mean it, it will be interesting. I think going forward now, I mean it's looking as of today, it's looking as though. 
Um, the coalition will be able to form a majority government, which they didn't really have leading up to the election. So look, it'll be interesting to see what the future holds over the next couple of years because there wasn't really a lot of um, policy announcements by the coalition leading up to the election. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether that changes. Mm. Um, I mean, from our perspective, as we spoke about last week, we'd probably like to see a, a little bit of um, consistency with superannuation or just a, almost just living it alone for a period of time. It, it always seems to be put under the microscope and there always seems to be discussion about it because it is such a large pot of money. From So from a taxation perspective, it can be quite attractive. Um, but the, the good thing was the coalition in, in, in their, their budget this year didn't really no, make a lot of a lot. changes to superannuation. There was a couple of positive changes to superannuation, but um, yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Was, was there anything else that you wanted to chat about with regards to the market reaction or what the future might hold now with regards to no, not, not the, the government? So, so what, oh, what pro- probably just the, the final thing, you know, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the tax cuts. I mean, yeah. it's uh, obviously the coalition are, you know, they've, they've laid out their plan to, I guess, to progressively, um, you know, lower lower tax rates, which, and, you know, main, maintain some, you know, for business, for small or small and even bigger business to, to have, you know, tax write-off. So, you know, may, maybe looking at the, um, I guess, the US market reaction over the past couple of years to tax cuts over there, you know, obviously that's really helped their economy. So let's hope that a similar thing happens over here. And also, you know, the infrastructure spend, the, the coalition's obviously committed to spending on infrastructure. So I think there are a couple of positives, hopefully, for the economy in general. Yeah, and, and I think quite often there can be concern from from some people. They say, oh, well, there's all these tax cuts, but where are we going to get the funding for you know, hospitals, schools and the like? But what 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 tax cuts provide is is hopefully a strengthening, strengthening economy, which therefore potentially leads to greater corporate tax revenue. So I, I think it's one of those things that we really... At the moment, from an economic perspective, um, it's a very disjointed economy. There's certain sectors that are doing well, but there's a lot of sectors that aren't doing so well. And that's why this economic stimulus is really important. Um, so whether that's you know personal income tax cuts, company tax cuts, but also you know we, we mentioned earlier about the um, potential um, interest rate cuts as well. So it'll, it will be interesting to see how the next 12 to 24 months plays out from an, from an economic perspective because... For a long, long period of time, I think in Australia we, we have been the lucky country. It's been you know, many, many years of, of positive growth. So mm. I think there's some challenging times ahead, but it's all about how, how we manage that and mm. it, hopefully we can protect the economy and continue to grow. Probably just, I mean, we spoke about this, but just in terms of winners, you know, I think most people that have a, not most people, but a lot of people that have a self-managed superannuation fund. Um, yeah, no, that's a really a, good point. A fair chunk of people have, um, yeah, listed Australian company shares in there that that pay franking credits. Um, that are obviously feeling a lot better about themselves now that that they're safe. The cash refunds on franking credits are safe. So yeah, and it does make you wonder just on that point whether the power of self-managed funds was underestimated leading up to the election. I mean, there's eight hundred billion dollars in in self-managed superannuation funds. So we're talking lots and lots of people who would have been impacted by this imputation credit changes so you, you wonder whether that that was underestimated you know we'll, we'll probably never know may, look at maybe it could have been could have been the downfall of them we, we'll probably never know but i've got as you do glenn I, we've got quite a few clients that um were going to be significantly impacted and while i wasn't having a lot of political discussions with those clients about who they're going to vote for you know i just got the feeling that if they were going to vote 
Labor, maybe it would have swayed in the other way. So Possibly, maybe there's a yeah. lot of people around the country that, that yeah. felt the same way. And and, yeah. and and look, there has been some suggestion that maybe it was too much too soon with all the announcements. And when there's sort of a period of uncertainty, people perhaps don't want to change too much. So look, you know, we're, we're, we're making assumptions here. Um, but I mean, what do you think the lessons to be learned? Um, we, we sort of... Um, you know, hinted earlier that it really does surround, it really does relate to not being preemptive. But one of the things that I was even talking to clients about leading up to the election was really just the importance of diversification. Mm. Like not having a portfolio that's too heavily exposed to shares or too heavily exposed to property mm. because under that example, under that scenario, you, you are always going to be exposed to potential changes in, in legislation or, 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 you know, markets or whatever it may be. And I think one of the things that this really highlighted for for me and and just having discussions for clients was the importance of having a diverse portfolio not just to minimize the impact of asset price movements but also the fact that there can be other external things that can affect the performance of any asset class so that if you've got a portfolio that's too heavily exposed to that you can be impacted so you know people who had a self-managed fund which was 100 percent australian company shares the impact for them would have been greater than someone who had maybe 25% in shares and the rest spread across mm. all the asset classes. That really does, for me, highlight the the benefits and importance of diversifying your yeah. investments. Yeah, yeah. A couple, couple of lessons, yeah, 100% diversification. And you know, in, in the franking credits case, if you have more diversification, you diversify on the income stream, which so less of an impact on if the franking credit changes did it happen to have got through. Also, probably just to reiterate, don't try and tie markets and yeah. you know some people might have thought that they could um oh let's you know let's sell out now because surely the market's going to go down if these let's policies sell bank get shares through on Friday, yeah but. let's sell bank shares yeah <laughs> even if they sold them maybe a month ago yeah uh, and then i'll buy back in when they go down that, that could have been the mentality so so just don't try and time markets because nobody knows how to how to do it unless you're a genius well i would say the ball. most i would say that the markets have got it wrong haven't they like yeah. we, I just spoke earlier about the U.S. election. No one, I mean, I th- yeah. there were some polls that were saying, you know, Hillary Clinton had a ninety percent chance in winning. Um, everyone was saying that Brexit wouldn't happen, but both of those things didn't go the way that people were thinking. And if you, you if you if you took action on an assumption, then you know it can it can be very costly. Yeah, yeah. So, and just a couple of other you know things. Just obviously, investing is is long term. You know, we always. We always talk about that, the importance of not being a short-term investor. Um, and pro- probably just don't let te- let tax drive your investment decisions because, look, ultimately, franking credits, uh, it's, a, it's a tax, isn't it? It's mm. a tax refund there. So um, never make sweeping changes to your portfolio on the on the back of, of tax. We always yeah. say that. That should never drive investment decisions. So, yeah, they were just a couple of um, kind of key messages that, that we're, we're talking to our clients about and even if even if it did get through quite often the implications are short term aren't they the market finds a way to to sort of adapt to those sorts of changes as well doesn't it so yes if the refund of imputation credits was removed and some of the companies that, that were quite attractive from that perspective um, were impacted you, you would make the assumption that it would be quite a short term impact anyway that those investments would, would eventually find a way to to counteract that mm. we, we we also speak to our clients about um you know we spoke about the benefits of a, of a diversified portfolio but we also speak about the importance of rebalancing our clients portfolios over time and um you know that that shouldn't change and even if you know markets move against you or with you it's always you know 
extremely important to rebalance your portfolio back to the you know original weightings. Um, so is there anything else, Glenn, before we kind of wrap up today that we haven't covered? Look, that, that were the main things I wanted to talk about was really just, you know, what, what does it mean now that the coalition's in? Who are the winners? Who are the losers? Um, but also just some general lessons to learn from, you know, from, from market events. Great. All right, we'll, we'll wrap up there. So uh, thanks again for listening. We look forward to having you next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po- podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just, just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.